Hello friends. Um, so today I would like to start up um, my topic of discussion today by first of all thanking those that watched my last video um, titled The Real Problem of Nigeria. Um, on Facebook it had um, over 10,000 views and um, I saw the comments um, and on um, YouTube as well I saw um, comments and um, Let's just keep the comments coming so we can actually begin to talk about some of these issues. So um, thank you for those that actually, to, thank you very much to those that actually watched it. So um, today I would just like to continue um, um, that line of thought. Um, for those that haven't watched um, that particular video, um, make sure you do. It will help you understand um, a little bit better some of the things I'll be talking about today. And you can just um, look through my channel. Um, it's called The Real Problem of Nigeria. So today I'm going to let you eavesdrop a little bit on a conversation I had with um, an oligarch, you know, who happens to be um, an APC party chieftain. So um, this was a conversation that I had with him sometime around November of last year, which was shortly after um, the NSAS protest and everything like that. And um, he said some things that have stuck with me since that particular time. And um, this is a, li a little bit over 11 months, almost one year now since that um incident happened at the Lekki Gate where the military was called in and they shot um, peaceful protesters. So um, I'll let you in on, on some of the conversations we had. So uh, when I watched as everything actually happened, then I, I asked him, I said, um, does your party or any political party, any of the two major political parties, do they have like um, plans, you know, a succession plan, whereby we'll begin to see younger people, um, you know, involved in politics, running for political office. And one of the things he said to me was actually very shocking. And he said um, that expecting a political party to actually make room for young people is never going to happen. And he said, um, the reason is this, that those that are actually involved in politics in Nigeria, politics is their livelihood. That's how they make money. That is how they take care of themselves. So pretty much telling them to give up that space to create room for young people and say maybe for women. He said that is probably not going to happen because what you're asking for more youth participation, but what they're actually hearing is loss of livelihood. So in essence, if you remove them from politics, um, there is no other avenue for them to make money and pretty much they, he doesn't see a situation where that is going to happen. And one of the lines he used that really stuck out to me was, power is never given, it must be taken. So in essence, um, those that actually want to get into that space, that want to do something and make a difference, 
that you know they should stop waiting on the on the sidelines thinking somebody is going to hand over power to them on a platter of gold that it's never going to happen that they have to get involved in that in in that space um they have to pretty much fight to make sure they take over but you know just sitting down and expecting oh you know we're going to appeal to you to create space for young people he said that is not going to happen that you know, it is the livelihood of those that are involved in politics right now. Politics is how they make money. So pretty much telling them to, you know, give up that space for younger people, that's like, you know, telling them to voluntarily go into unemployment, that that is not going to happen. And he also said that um, political parties in Nigeria are, are pretty much special purpose vehicles. So in essence, those that actually form those particular parties and those that run those political parties created them for a purpose. And the purpose is to serve the needs of the members of the party, not the needs of the masses. Yes, they come to the masses to, you know, get votes and all of those things, but political parties don't exist to serve the needs of the people, that they really just exist, you know, to to pretty much fund the the livelihoods of those that actually um are involved in those political parties so um and still talking along those along that particular line so i i i told him i said that what are some of the things he actually noticed about the electorate and he said that the people are actually more powerful but they're not aware of it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, when, if people really sat down to think about those that run the political structure in Nigeria, they understand that they're not a lot, but they have successfully, how would I put it, made the people feel hopeless to the point that the people have given up fighting anymore. And, the people have just assumed that, huh, that's the way it's always going to be. We can't do anything to change this. It's, it's never going to change. But he said, if the people can actually get themselves together, that they can actually, you know, turn things around. But the main problem that has worked against the people is the fact that they are not even aware that they're that powerful. And... So when he said that, I said, because when I looked at everything that happened with the NSAS and everything like that, I told him, I said, uh -huh, um, I think things are going to be different now. The people are awake. They're more aware of things that are going on in the political system. Um, I told him some of the things that were being said on social media, like, you know, um, you know, we're going to vote out, you know, these people that have, you know, pretty much oppressed the people for so long and all of that stuff. And he said some things that, that were really interesting. And he said, oh, that's not going to translate. Because I had mentioned, I said, um, your party, with everything that has happened and, you know, the protests that have actually happened and all of that stuff, what do you think the chances are for your party to hold on to power in 2023? And he said that 
he doesn't think it's going to be a problem per se that right now it will be a problem if the elections were to hold today so that was based on we were having this conversation in november last year and he said if the elections were to hold today that he knows his party will likely lose the election but that 2023 is still you know about i mean more than two years away from now and he said that people have a very short memory and that is one of the reasons he believes his his party will still hold on to power that you know with time you know people will forget and people will just move on with their lives and he said that most of the agitations right now will not translate into political power and i said what do you mean he said those that are protesting they never show up to vote i i, I told him i said um I think the people are aware now and they're actually going to show up to vote. He said, okay, you just wait to see. And he said that voter apathy is actually the greatest gift you could ever give to our politicians. So he said, because of the fact that the people are not polit politically engaged, they talk about politics, they talk about the, the, the things that are going on in the political world, but they never engage in the political system itself in terms of voting. He said it's the perfect storm because when the people don't show up to vote and only a few people show up to vote, it tilts the, the scale in, the, in favor of the political class. So there are some people that benefit from politics, party members and all of those things. People like that will show up to vote. And so all they have to do is pay some other people that probably wouldn't have voted. Just give them like 500 Naira or something like that, that, you know, people like that will just show up and vote. And as a result, they are going to win that election. So he now said... Case in point, look at the Kosofe um, local government election that is coming up in Lagos State. And I was like, I think APC is going to lose that election because the shooting happened in Lagos. And with what I see, people are very angry. And that anger is going to translate to people going to the polls to vote and making sure that APC doesn't win. He said, well... Let's wait and see. We'll continue this conversation after the election. So I paid very close attention to that particular election because I wanted to see how things were going to go. And so some days after the election ended, I looked at the results and everything, and I was shocked by the, the, the outcome of the election. And what shocked me the most was the fact that he was actually right. So I looked at the statistics, the data that came out from the election, and the turnout for the election was 5%. So 95% of the registered voters in that area decided not to vote. And the worst part of it was this. 280,000 people were registered as voters in that particular election but only about 15,000 of them voted. 
And for me, to me, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I was like, um, you had people that, you know, had just gone through this very terrible experience whereby the government did something they should never have done. And I, I couldn't wrap my mind around how that did not vote, did not translate into voting um, against APC in that particular election. And I realized that he had actually, the, the, the APC chieftain I'm talking about, had actually predicted that particular outcome. So if you look at that 15,000 that actually showed up, if another 20,000 people had actually shown up to vote in that election, they would have won against APC. But because 95% of the people chose not to vote, that tilted the election in favor of APC. And I think the PDP candidate probably struggled to even get maybe like 2,000 or something like that. But, you know, those are issues we'll talk about another day. But when I looked at the whole thing, that only 5% of the people chose to vote, I what immediately came to my mind is the whole idea of maybe you have like a hundred people in a room and somebody walks into the room and says, um, you, 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 he calls five people and, you know, takes them outside the room. And then he comes back and he says, um, the rest of you, the 95 of you that had left in this room, you're actually going to be my slaves. And the people ask, um, why is that going to happen? And he says, oh, I already paid five, those five other people. And they said, it's okay, I can enslave the rest of you. And I can bet you that the 95 people in that room will say, no, that is not going to happen. Because how can five people make a decision on behalf of the 95 of us without consulting with us? But that is what exactly happened in that particular election because the 5% that showed up elected somebody into office and that person will make a decision on behalf of the 95% that didn't show up. And I understand that, you know, um, part of it is because we've, we've had a whole lot of bad experiences. You know, our, our politicians lie to us. They say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they get into office. They never do the very thing they said they're going to do. Or you turn around and you see someone that was, you know, still, you know, riding a bus before running for office. Now, Within a year of running for office, he's living in a mansion, you know, driving an SUV and all of those things. And, you know, it, it just leaves a, 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 an unpleasant taste in the mouth of the electorate. And, you know, I, and I, 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 the more I look at it, the more I realize that our leaders have intentionally kept the people poor. Because when someone is poor, and you offer the person 500 naira. Forget about, you know, civic duties and, you know, wanting to, for Nigeria to get better. The first thing in the mind of such people is survival. 
they're not even thinking about the next four years. They're just thinking about what am I going to eat, you know, later on in the afternoon or what am I going to eat, you know, tomorrow morning. So for them, that 500 Naira, they don't see anything wrong about selling their votes because they've never really seen it as they're selling their future. So in essence, they've, they've come to the conclusion that politicians are liars so I could as well get my money up front. So I asked him, um, the APC chieftain I'm talking about, I now asked him, I said, the people you guys pay money to, to, to get their votes, are they not aware of the fact that if your candidates pay them, then in all likelihood, your candidates will not deliver on things that would make life difficult for them. And he said, you know, if they don't know that, then they must be really foolish. Because if somebody has paid you to get your votes, he's paid hundreds of people or maybe thousands of people to get their votes. And you don't think for a moment that when he gets into office, the very first thing he wants to do is recoup the money that he just paid to all of you. So he, he said something. He said that it's very easy to blame politicians for some of the things that are happening, but said at the same time, you cannot put the blame at the doorstep of the politicians alone, that the blame also has to go to the people. Because someone who sells his vote does not realize in his selling the future of his children. And it just got me thinking about so many things. And I'm, I'm even thinking that maybe one of these days I'm probably going to do like a video chat with him. Um, I still don't know how that is going to work out because I don't want to blow his cover. But I think it really helps to hear from people that are actually part of the system to hear what their perspective is about politics and how to move this country forward. Because um, regardless of what you believe about politics, you may not care about politics, but politics has an impact on everything that happens in our lives. If you're someone that, you know, runs a business and you think, oh, I'm just going to focus on my business and, you know, not, you know, care about politics. Believe me, when the government passes policies that makes your life difficult, eventually you realize that there is a need for you to get involved in the political process. So in conclusion, what am I trying to say in this particular video? It is the fact that we all have to get involved in the political process. Voter apathy is no longer an option because we thought we were proving a point by saying we're not going to vote. It would teach them a lesson. But it turns out the very thing we think would teach them a lesson is the very answer to their prayers because they don't even want us to vote in the first place. And it just made me think about the whole idea of, you know, you hear about police officers, you know, corrupt police officers killing um, the masses. And you're thinking, do these people even care that the masses are being killed? Until I actually thought about it, that 
as long as our politicians can continue to make money, they don't care if all the citizens die. Because as far as they're concerned, um, it will reduce the pressure on them to... I mean, they're not going to have anybody who is going to nag them to say, oh, you're spending this amount of money on furniture allowance. You're just doing all kinds of outrageous things. So our politicians don't want us involved in the political process. So we have to find a way to make sure we get involved. We have to find a way to begin to get good people involved in politics. A lot of people just think about the immediate you know, situation right now, they think, hey, I have a good life, I make, you know, some good money, I can take care of my family and all of those things. But if there is one thing Nigeria teaches you, it is the fact that no situation is permanent. So you may have a good life right now, and then suddenly a new administration comes in and your whole life just changes. In fact, someday I will get to tell my my story about how I got politically active and why I feel politics is very is very important in the life of every single person. And when I tell my story that day, you would understand why I have a passion to make sure that Nigeria actually changes, why I have a passion to make sure that governance serves the interests of the people and not the interests of the politicians. And so um, I would just like to stop here today and in my next episode, I'll talk about some of the things we've not really thought about when it comes to the Nigerian oligarchy. And um, so thank you very much for those of you that have actually, you know, watched my previous videos. Um, if you are watching this video and you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Share this video with your friends. And also, don't forget to click the, no uh, the bell notification so that you'll be one of the first to know about it whenever I release a new video. So thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you again very soon.